the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Harbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the date pay edition of the show, which means I'm sitting across the most beautiful girl in Texas again. Thank you. That's my favorite thing about Thursdays. Okay, <laughs> I love when you say that. Hey, we love your live calls and questions. Obviously, you know this is a, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions. Today, ladies, uh, if you need any encouragement or direction, we're here to provide it. And Paula, that's sort of what she specializes in. So whatever you have on your heart, we'd love to have the opportunity to talk with you about it. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. 340-9585. You and also call us toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Uh, you can also send questions in via our free mobile app. Um, if you're driving in your car, you can use the KSLR mobile app. That's the safest way to call from your car. Well, we'd love your live calls and questions. So, Paulo, thanks for coming again. You're very welcome. Um, you know, as always, I'm not going to talk about this a lot, but <clears throat> as the audience knows, you weren't here again yesterday. And, uh, you know, you've let them know that you got a health issue going on. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. But I was saying, it seems like, our, our life is a reality show, <laughs> you know, where people are watching our lives, even uh, Leah, the studio producer, was saying she's, you know, thankful that the way you're handling all this is with grace and that God would get the glory, and, and so that's our prayer, you know, as we go through. This is another thing. We've gone through a bunch of things, but this is another thing that we happen to be in right now, and um, yeah, I think we're doing okay. I don't know how how good I'm doing, you know, do I have a sad looking face, but I still have the joy of the Lord, but what's my face look like? Does it look like I'm happy? Does it, what's it look like? Look hot. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, I'm doing well. Okay, real sweet. Anyway, we're here today live and in studio, and um, yeah, pretty much ready to answer. Had a good day today? Yeah, we did. One, one of the things I'm learning to deal with is that good days are, are, are I'm really grateful for mm -hmm. them. Oh. You forgot the most important thing. Oh yeah, goals first, goals first. Right. Yeah, well, that was so cute. On Tuesday, <laughs> you were you were here and you said, "Okay, Paula, I'm at home. I'm not in the studio." And you said, "Okay, Paula, say it." And of course, I'm at home. I know exactly what you mean. Goals first, go. And then I was cracking up, but but it worked because you know they played really well. And, and then and I wore my twenty. And tonight's another night. Sure. Hey, uh, let's let's talk for a few minutes. You know, uh, just just so people kind of know what's going on. Uh, and um, uh, if there's any questions or uh, uh, anybody has, we'll, we'll be happy to take them. I, I don't think it's it's ever a good thing when I'm the focus of the attention here. We want the Lord and the Word of God to be the focus of attention. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm dealing with some heart problems. Um, I think the, the the most difficult thing about trials, Paula, especially um, new ones, is those trials that. 
um, you've never gone through before. Mm -hmm. And you and I have been so wonderfully blessed with good health. Uh, I'm 65, going to be 66 next month, and um, you're you're pretty close to me in age. I'll just leave it. Pretty much, pretty soon, I'm going to be two years younger. Though, <laughs> yeah. I mean, worry about it. But um, <laughs> uh, we have been so blessed with with great health um, and the energy and the strength. Well, uh, about a month ago, I started having some heart arrhythmia issues. Uh, I talked to our church about this on Friday night, and I think the thing that makes me the saddest about it isn't anything to do with me uh, and how I feel. It's just that I'm not as dependable as I've been, because when my heart starts fluttering, uh, I don't know um, what to do, and I, you know, it makes you feel bad. and makes you feel kind of sick to your stomach, and, and um, my, my heart one minute will have a perfect resting rate, and the next minute it'll go down into the 40s, and, and I never know when that's going to happen. The medication that they had me on uh, for this, uh, this episode uh, is kind of stealing all of my energy. So uh, the things that I've always been able to count on and use what strength the Lord gave me to serve Him. Uh, those are things that I don't know from one day to the next if they're going to be there. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, in the middle of the day, it just kind of it just kind of happens. So that's the explanation. When you hear us do a rebroadcast, uh, it's not because we don't want to be here. We do. Uh, it, we'll, we'll do it as little as possible. Uh, but the truth of the matter is we're going through something that we've never been through before. Uh, so many of you have contacted us via email and text message, and uh, we thank you for your prayers. We would appreciate having your prayers. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to have a heart attack. I've got no blockage or anything like that. Uh, but they, they've got to try to figure out a way to, uh, to, to restore a regular rhythm to my heart. Uh, and assess whatever damage has been done as a result of a virus or whatever caused mm -hmm. this. I mean, just uh, you know, I talk a lot, Paul, about uh, here to our church. I talk a lot about how everything can change in an instant. Mm -hmm. Today could be the spectacular day God has for it. It could also be a day that changes everything in in the not so positive way. Mm -hmm. And we take that for granted. We just sort of have a tendency to think that all days are going to be as the day before. When the truth of the matter is, um, a month ago I was fine and now I'm not. Um, and that's hard. That's hard. Yep. And I feel like I'm watching you kind of like, uh, not babysitting you, but just watching you like, you okay? You okay? <laughs> you all right? You know, kind of a thing. And, you know, kind of even questioning Okay, you're not going to church. Should I stay home and watch you? You make sure you're all right when I come home from church, if I go to church kind of thing. And so, you know, the Lord keeps telling me that I can trust him. And so um, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting him, you know. And he, I, I was telling him, we, we shared about uh, the, to the church that Friday night and uh, talking about, uh, um, you know, you didn't get to go to Easter sunrise you know, our Easter service at JPEG. So I'm in the car because I'm on my way to church because you insisted that I go, and I knew I should be there. And so I'm in the car, and I'm talking to the Lord as I'm driving myself over there. And I was like, Lord, I can't. And he was like, are you getting ready to say you can't handle this? I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was getting ready to say. Like, you can read my mind or something. And he said, yes, you can, because you can trust me. And so you just take a deep breath, and you just do what the Lord's called you to do, and we're just, I think, day by day. But you know what? I'm not done with you yet, Pastor Ron, so I told the Lord that, you know, <laughs> it's not time for you to go to be with him yet. It's kind of selfish of me, but I'm all right with it. So, okay, let's, well, yeah, we'll any on. questions that you have, we'll be having to answer, but pretty much you know what we know now, and yeah. we'll do the best. Paul, I've got a question that's come in, uh, a listener who can only listen um, between 4 and 4.20, so I want to get to this question. It's very important. I mm -hmm. think it was sent yesterday, okay. and because I wasn't able to be here yesterday, I, I didn't get it. So okay. uh, here's a question from Anonymous, um, and the question goes this. It's kind of long. I'll, I'll, I'll try to, uh, to edit it a little bit. Uh, she says, I have a daughter who's 18. She's saved and loves the Lord, but she confessed to me last night that she'd been struggling with watching porn. She felt horrible. She wants my help. She had this problem before, but I never knew it came back up. 
She said she didn't want me to know because I would make her feel like the scum of the earth. Mm. And I hope that's not the case, of course. I let her know how disappointed I was. I told her this is one of the reasons my ex is not here anymore, uh, besides the fact that he cheated. I let her know that every time she does that, she invites the devil in my house, and I didn't appreciate it. She kept saying, I know, I know. I prayed with her and gave her scripture on how to keep her mind clean and to change her thoughts. She said she noticed it when she got... Now, this is the important part Mm -hmm. of this question. She said she noticed that when she got away from God, the sin would happen. She said she will be fasting secular music and anime from now on, I guess, both of which consumes her time. I asked her to speak with a very trustworthy elder at our church. She said she didn't want to because of the way that person would look at her with disappointment. Uh, She said, yes, I know it's pride, but I don't want anyone else to know. I told her again it was pride that caused my ex's downfall. Can you please tell me if I did the right thing? And if asking her to speak with the elder was right. I don't want to take away away her electronics, but she's graduating um, from high school soon, and she must be equipped to handle herself. Um, What should I have done? I'll be listening. Thanks. You're the best. I appreciate the compliment. Uh, these are really difficult things. Um, you know, pornography, it's, it's unusual. Uh, certainly, um, it's, it's a reality, but it's unusual when uh, we find girls and women who are caught up um, in, in practicing pornography. It is almost um, universally a male sin. But um, the, the, the sin is the same thing. It has the same root. And, of course, it's an enemy who wants to destroy. Now, there's a couple of things that I want to take this sort of um, thought by thought because it's really important. The one thing that you don't want to do um, when somebody is sinning and repenting, I, I, I so admire the fact that your daughter trusts you enough to come to you with this instead yes. of hiding it from you. Yeah. And the one thing you never want to do is make her feel like the scum of the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, what What I would have done is I would have looked into her heart and said, you know what, we can we can help with this. We, we'll, we'll fight this together. You, me, and Jesus will fight this together. But the last thing you want to do is isolate her. That's where the devil wants her. The devil wants her feeling um, guilty and dirty. Um, you know, this is the nature of the sin. Um, the other thing, to let her know that you were disappointed was probably not the right thing at all to do. This is a, uh, I'm proud of you for coming to me. Uh, obviously, as a pastor, I have this situation come up a lot when people come to me. Um, but the one thing that I want your daughter to know is that Jesus isn't disappointed in her. He's not angry with her. Um, he's not growing impatient with her because this has come up again. He loves her. And the fact that she can come to her father and repent, confess her sin and repent is a good thing. And that's to be admired. Now, that's not going easy on the sin, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. I also don't think it was the wise thing to do to, to keep bringing up you and your ex, and this is what he did, and, and the sort of thing is, it, and I know you didn't intend it like this, but, but this is, I, I know, Paula, how the devil always talks. And I know how he affects our minds. And what he's going to say to her, the way he's going to filter your words, is that, you know, you're no better than my husband, your father was. Um, and, and, and the enemy is going to use that to condemn her. So I really would, if, if, if this were my child and this is the things that I did and said, uh, I would ask for her forgiveness. And I would say, you know what, I, I reacted emotionally. And I'm afraid for you. I'm really afraid for you. And, and, and I reacted emotionally, and I'm sorry. I want you to know that, that I'm proud of you, I love you, and let's fight this thing together. That's very, very important. Um, the other thing, and, and I think this is important as well, and this is something that we can deal with everybody. You know, uh, it doesn't do any good to throw Bible verses at somebody who's repenting of sin. When they're repenting of sin... Mm-hmm. They understand the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, um, take every thought captive and make it obedient to the Lord. Well, that's good counsel in a, in a different setting. Uh, Bible verses uh, aren't the answer. Jesus is the answer. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys in this letter, you, you and your daughter both, have identified the problem. Um, she said she noticed that when she got away from God, the sin would happen. Mm-hmm. That's true of every one of us in this listening audience. Uh, I may be Pastor Ron... 
But if I get some distance between me and Jesus, I'm going to do horrible things. I'm not a better person. My flesh isn't better. Mm -hmm. I'm only good when I'm with Jesus. I only have power when I'm with Jesus. And so obviously the way I would approach this is, you know what? You know the problem. You were away from God. The sin would happen then. It's going to happen again the next time. So what's the answer? The answer is stay close to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Stay close to Jesus. Um, To be consumed in time. Now, students are busy. And if we're using our free time on um, things like anime and, and, and listening to secular music, and I'm not an a, a anti-secular music person. I don't think you have to only listen to Christian music if you're saved. But, but you want stuff that's going to glorify the, God, the Lord, things that, that's going to edify your relationship. So certainly you don't want filthy secular music coming in. Um, and anime, uh, I, I'm really not all that familiar with it, other than I know that it's it's a Japanese uh, hand-drawn or computer animation, which is really really popular today. Uh, but but it, but there's a lot of it that is pornographic, and I don't think a lot of times parents understand that. So here's what we do: we renew our minds. That's what transforms us, Romans 12 says. We renew our minds. That means we think new. And instead of having our time consumed with things in this world, we need to spend time with Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't ever get involved in things in this world. I'll watch television. Uh, Paula loves music. uh, Those kind of things. There's nothing wrong with those things. But what you want to do is be aware that you're doing that. Whatever you're doing, you're doing it with Jesus. And if you're doing that with Jesus, then, then um, you're going to be in safe ground because when you're with Jesus, you're on holy ground. You won't want to do the things that you do when you're not with Jesus. You won't want to do them when you're with Jesus. I hope that makes sense to you. Final thought, and then I want your thoughts on this as well, Paula. Um, I would never have asked her to speak with a man about this. Never. Not ever. Uh, an elder, a pastor, anybody else, if this would have happened in our church, uh, I would have found somebody in the church, a woman, a godly woman, who would have put her arms around your daughter and said, you know what, I'll be there for you. And and if there's someone in the church who's dealt with the same issues and overcome, then that would be even better. But this is not a situation where a, an embarrassed 18-year-old girl should have to go bare her soul before before a pastor or an elder in the church. Uh, That doesn't disparage this very trustworthy elder in the least. All it says is that um, um, this is protecting your daughter's um, heart, um, protecting her from being shamed, protecting from the possibility of the the secret getting out to anybody at all. this is something that she needs help with with an older, more mature woman. So that's the best I've got. Paul, yeah, and I was going to say, in, in regards to that too, that that older, more mature woman, she went to was her mother, and not to um, even I, I don't even know if even another woman that the mom would make the daughter go to if the daughter wanted to go and confide with someone else. That would be one thing, but to have the mom say you have to go to someone else when the daughter came to the mom. And what you said at the beginning is that mom and daughter would work through this together. I, I think that that still covers that daughter from any other shame that had to be out there. So that would be my only addition. Yeah, I, the only reason sometimes there are things that a, a teenager can talk to somebody else True. about that they can't talk to a parent about. But that would be the teenager yeah. herself going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, but, but we need to give direction. We, we want to just go into anybody. You know, I think this is a, a, a topic that's important for us to understand. Uh, our children, and, and, and I could apply the same thing to every adult who's in church as well, um, we're going to do the things with our spare time that other people, the people we hang around with, do. Whether it's texting, whether it's Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook, we're going to do the things the people that we communicate with on a daily basis do. And we who are Christians need to understand that that's the trap that the enemy sets. He's trying to catch us out of the proximity of our Lord. And when he does, then all of these things are going to consume us. Again, there's nothing wrong with some anime. There's nothing wrong with secular music. Um, 
but if Jesus is not there while they're participating, mm-hmm. and honestly, when your daughter goes to school and it's going to be magnified a hundred times when she goes to university, she's going to be surrounded by worldly influence. And now's the time she has to decide to whom she belongs. Do I belong to Jesus or do I belong to these people, my new friends or my professors who are trying to shape and mold and reshape the way I think? Or am I going to stand firm and movable in my faith uh, in Jesus Christ? These are times that are very important. Let me say one final thing to this mother, and and this is going to sound impossible for you because I know your heart is hurting right now. This test is actually a really good thing. It's a test of preparation. Your daughter now, as an adult, has to make her own choices. Because she's very much aware when she's away from the Lord, these kind of things Mm -hmm. happen. And so now she's at that tree of choice where she Mm -hmm. says, okay, I know what happens when I'm away. So what am I going to do? Yeah. And she's going to make decisions. She will live through the consequences of the poor decisions and she will live with the blessings of the good decisions yeah, yeah. and and God's got her in his hands mm-hmm. it doesn't mean she'll be perfect mm-hmm. but I hope it means that she wants to be yeah. and so here's what we do but for everybody in the audience not just this mom or this daughter everybody in the audience when you sin repent and then get over it yeah. stop beating yourself up guilt doesn't work. There is no value. It is a tool of the enemy. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if we understand that, um, then the Holy Spirit will protect her. He will lead her and he will guide her. Uh, I would be very, 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 very proud of of your daughter for coming to you. Yeah. And it says a lot, Mom, about the relationship that you have with yes, your daughter. Absolutely. So don't do anything in your pain yeah. to to harm that, mm-hmm. that tender relationship yeah. that you that you have. Yeah. So I appreciate very much that she was willing to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It speaks volumes yes, it does. regarding the relationship that you have developed with her. So God bless you. One final thought, and I know I said the final, but <laughs> pastors always I hope have she's a, still able to listen because yeah. it's 420-something okay. well, now. Pastors always have final, final thoughts? Yeah, that's good. you got to go. Okay. go ahead. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, uh, don't make her life about you or what happened to you. Her life is about her and Jesus. Your life and the relationship you have with your daughter is a testimony to what God has done since your pain. So don't make her life about your life or what's happened to you. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it very, very much. We're a little over three minutes left uh, in this half of the program. Paula, you got anything you want to talk about for three minutes? Yeah, funny. You don't look Jewish. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, you know, as you were teaching in Romans the other day, funny, you don't look Jewish, but it's a family affair because as Christians, we all have the same dad. And, and you told us to look around our church and, you know, I have kids. And it's so funny everywhere we go, it seems like you can hear Papa Ron or Mama Paula. And people will ask who really don't know us, are those your kids? Yes, they are. Well, they don't look like you guys. <laughs> well, we all have the same father, and so we're all family. Um, but then you went on to say, uh, you know, it's a family affair. And isn't it nice that it's a family affair, you know? And I get to that one scripture, and I'm making my life right now about me. Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst in a song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Well, we have a couple of people who have That's kids. Isaiah 54, for those of oh, you who yeah. didn't recognize it. We have a couple of people who have kids who've already graduated from our school, and then we have some that are getting ready to graduate from our school, and they are already saying, oh, no, you can't come back, because I'm cleaning out that room for Mama Paula, <laughs> Mama Paula and Papa Ron, you know. Uh, but it's a family affair, and we have kids of all sizes, shapes, nationalities, backgrounds. It's an amazing thing. So you told us to look around the church the other night. And so I have to my right my my white, red-headed child. 
and then behind me I have some, some black people, and then I have some white who have um, uh, uh, what resurrection hair, and then she knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> she knows who I'm talking to. Um, my sister in the Lord, and then, you know, I have all these kids and grandkids that are running around, and they're, none of them are our biological kids, but they are all our spiritual kids in the Lord, and that means they range from newborns to what, the no oldest person probably in the church is 90-something, mm -hmm. and that's my kid, you know, kind of a thing. It's just a, a fun thing. I'll tell you, it's a, it's a funny thing when you've got somebody who's your age or older who comes up and says, Mama Paula or, or uh -huh. Papa Ron, uh -huh. you know, but, but that's what family does. Yeah. And we're we're in the family this Sunday, uh, Paula. What I'm going to be sharing is is uh, kind of a, a a way to evaluate how much like our father Abraham we look. Are we chips off the old block? Mm. Do we need to look like our father? Mm. I, I love this this particular study. Yeah, I, I was really excited. And so we'll leave the people with this: What does one have to do to be saved? Well, you think about that, and then after this break. We will maybe discuss that. <laughs> You're listening to the Date Day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, we'll be back in two minutes. to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of the date edition of the program. Paula, you've only got 30 minutes left, and I know you have a lot to say. I know. We better get to it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I left with the question of what does one have to do to be saved? And, and the answer is just to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. You know, you are, every, every Jew and Gentile must believe surrendering to Jesus to be born again so that we can be the chip off the old block, you know, with um, Abraham being our father. Believe for justification. You know, uh, the law, and you know me, I'm a rule follower, sort of. I'm not perfect by any means, but if you tell me this is the way it's supposed to be done, then I'm going to try to do that. And then my problem is, if I'm trying to do it the way it's supposed to be done, I happen to look left or right, and other people aren't doing it the way that it's supposed to be done, I can be a little judgmental. So I'm trying to keep... That's why the Lord told Joshua, don't look to the left or to exactly the right, right. focus. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to put blinders on to say, okay... Lord, they're your problem like I'm your problem. And so today I'm, I'm following the rule in this particular scenario. I'm just going to be okay with me following the rule. Anyway, um, get off my little legalistic trip. Uh, but the law was given to prove to all of us that we can't really keep it. You know, I may be doing step one, step two, pretty okay. But then give me step three. Oh, that step three is spooky. So I'm going to have to try to subvert or subvent and go around trying to escape that when the Lord said, no, we got to do step three, Paula, so you got to get back on the track. But, Lord, I can't keep this law, so I need your help. And we all need to know that we need his help daily, trusting totally in him with all of my heart. And as we were talking with the anonymous lady with... Uh, the daughter, you know, I love that scripture, First John 1, 9. That's where the daughter was. If she is faithful to confess her sins, Jesus is faithful to cleanse her of that sin, forgive her, I should say, and then cleanse her of all unrighteousness. So there's total hope. Now, for us who believe, we can't be 100%. But like you already say, we want to be. But, Lord, I need your help. I keep messing up. And so, Lord, as I'm walking and I mess up, I'm going to take a deep breath really fast. I'm going to repent, and I'm not going to do guilt, and I'm going to keep going. But the law was given for that very reason, mm -hmm. so we know we can't keep it. And, you know, you've been guilty of this in the past, as has nearly everybody who's listening to this program. 
um, we have expectations of ourselves and we mess up. It's like, well, I should know better by now. I should be closer to Jesus by now or I should be more spiritual by now. The truth is, and I I said this in my response to that that, uh, question, there's none of us who are spiritual. In my flesh (laughs) is nothing good. Paul wrote that when he was saved. Mm -hmm. In my flesh is nothing good. That is in my carnal nature. Mm -hmm. There's no redeeming virtue. There's no benefit. There's only death and destruction. And so all of us, we can come to this place of great peace resting in Christ only when we come to a a place where we're comfortable with, you know what? I'm going to mess up if I'm not with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And and that can either discourage you to the place where you just quit, or it can encourage you to stay close to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and those who are really His want to pursue Him. They want to be where He is. They want to pursue holiness. Again, knowing we can be perfect, but wanting to be. Mm-hmm. And that's the joy. It's actually the adventure of walking with Jesus every day. It's, it's becoming more like him every day. Uh, it, it's thinking like he thinks, you know, in the, just before the break, you said somebody said, well, they don't look like your children. Yeah. Uh, but if you listen to him talk, they sound like it, don't they? They surely do. And, and they've picked up the, the thoughts, the mannerisms, yep. the, 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 the character traits, because they've been listening to me teach the Bible now for 22 years. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an amazing thing when I have people fill in for me here, especially now because I don't know when I'm, I'm yep. going to be able to be here or not. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I want them to sound like me. Mm-hmm. That's the nicest thing, not because I'm good at what I do, mm-hmm. but, but because they're family. Yeah. And what we've got to do is understand that when I'm with Jesus, I'm just like him. Yeah. And getting more and more like him every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ever increasing faith from mm-hmm. glory to glory. Yeah. But when I'm not with Jesus, ooh, I'm just like me. <laughs> and I'm going to have a chance to talk about that tomorrow night in our Bible study here uh, in Colossians chapter 3. We'll talk about old stinky grave clothes and 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 uh, the things that we need to take off uh, before the next Friday night. We could talk about the neat things we get to put get on. Get to put on, yeah. And uh, what we've got to do is understand that when we're not with Jesus, we stink. There's nothing good, nothing admirable. Mm-hmm. When we're with Jesus, then we have the aroma of heaven. Mm-hmm. We, and it, we smell we good, we look good, we're geniuses, yeah. you know. We're walking in that obedience where you just feel his smile and you just stand up straighter, walk taller. Undo the spout where the glory comes yeah, out, yeah, what I yeah. like to say. Um, and you were saying, you know, becoming more like Jesus, becoming more like Jesus. Um, for Abraham being the father of all who believe, we need to look at people the way Jesus does. You know, becoming more like Jesus. You know, my lip goes up when I'm disgusted with certain things. You know, if I see someone... Uh, being harsh with his wife or girlfriend or something, my lip kind of goes up. But if I'm with Jesus, his lip doesn't go up, but his heart breaks. And so I want to start looking, you know, more like Jesus looks. It's a fi- fine line, is it, between being angry and having your heart broken? Yeah, it's a real fine line. Um, but we have the Holy Spirit. And he says, you can be angry, but no sinning in your anger. Because, you know, sometimes you just want to go over and say, hey, (laughs) (laughs) you know, do you know Jesus? Because you might meet him today. You know, I want to send some big guy over to say, hey, how you liking? Isn't it true that so many Christians, whether it's (laughs) preachers or Christian blogs or um, Christian magazines, is it true that so many of us sound angry? Yeah. And, and I just, I can't reconcile our Jesus dealing with people. You know, we, so many of us would have looked at the woman caught in the act of adultery and would say, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, where are your accusers? Mm-hmm. Neither do I accuse you. Now go and sin, sin no more. Right. So we can deliver the message that needs to be delivered. But if we're not delivering it in love, we're just making noise. Yeah. That's one of the things about believing that's important for us to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, all we have to do is believe. That's what you said, and yep. it comes from a study this past Sunday. 
But too many of us as Christians, we just think, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. But our lives don't look like him. Mm-hmm. And do we really believe in him if we don't let him change us? Yeah. It's, it's not enough to know about him. It's not enough to know who he is or what he did. Even the demons believe and shudder, Jesus said. But if you really believe him, then you take him at his word and your life changes. It's not okay for somebody to say, um, oh yeah, I love the Lord, and then be unkind to your wife or your kids. It's not okay for somebody to say, oh, I love Jesus, but but, but I'm, I, I'm a drunk. It's not okay. You don't love him because you're not like him. Mm-hmm. You know about him, and maybe you want to be saved. Again, I understand all the emotional divisions, but, but what we've got to do is surrender to him. It's not a condition of our salvation, but it's a function of believing. Mm-hmm. You know, if I told you right now there's a bomb in this room, it's going to go off in five minutes. If I you believe, really believe mm-hmm. me, let me go. You go. Yeah. <laughs> if you thought, yeah. it, if you, oh, he's, he wouldn't do that, yeah, yeah. Then, then you'd stay here and get blown up. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus tells us, if you love me, you'll obey me. Yeah. How can you say you believe in Jesus if you have no desire to obey him? Mm-hmm. How can you say you believe in Jesus if you have no desire to be uh, active in, in your local church, serving others, not being served, but instead serving others? Mm-hmm. And that's what believing is, and that's how we become more like Jesus and by becoming more like Jesus, of course, we become more like our Father. Mm-hmm. You know, how I love listening to this show because, again, I can say this. Uh, not only am I learning what to say, but with what heart to say, you know, that perspective gets changed. You're like, oh, yeah, Jesus would think like that, or Jesus would respond like that. Um, we're in Second Corinthians 5, 16, is what you said. Um, we no longer think of Jesus or others the way we used to, you know, in our in our flesh, the worldliness. Um, and my favorite word, you used my favorite word in the study, Pastor, and it totally convicted me, man. And you said, because we're, we are all unique, you know, um, I'm more, not, I don't want to put just me, because this is probably universal. We're, we're like birds of a feather flock together, you know, but if you're not one of the birds that flocked together with me, my lip might go up. But Jesus said, no, 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 we're all unique. And I'm, I'm really good about that um, when situations come up. No, 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 she's unique. Jesus made her. Jesus made him. They're unique. It wouldn't be my cup of tea, but they're unique. And then we look around our church, and you, you were saying that probably we wouldn't have picked each other if it was our choice but here we are together as a family with God Abraham being our father you know but we're all unique and then the only thing we need to be concerned about in this life the good the bad the ugly the beautiful all that is are they saved Mm -hmm. or are they not saved if they're saved yes rejoice if they're not saved Let's go get them. Yeah, and, and have no expectations that they're going to behave or think like they're saved. I think that's really important for us to understand. Hey, we've still got a few minutes. We can take some phone calls, 340-9585. The phones have been quiet um, today, 340-9585 or toll-free, 877-630-KSLR. Uh, Paula, what do you find the most difficult thing uh, in dealing with people that aren't believers, uh, when they they espouse things or live lifestyles that are completely um, polar opposite of what we as Christians hold near and dear, you're saying believers who no, are living no un, un, people that 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 are unbelievers uh-huh. the people that would make your lip go up okay. Um, I think I have a lot more patience and tolerance for unbelievers who are living the way unbelievers live. I I mean, I really do. My lip kind of goes up when it's a professing believer Mm. who is maybe cursing or drinking too much, talking bad about their family members right in front of me. (laughs) I'm like, dude. Um, Or they're lying and I know they're lying, you know. 
I, I have an issue more there, and yet, you know, I, so, I, yeah, that's my bigger struggle. With unbelievers, yeah, I, I struggle, um, but I, I have more maybe passion or compassion yeah. and, and understanding know, uh, for them. I, I think with the understanding um, of the unbelieving mind, um, we sh- we sh- if we didn't have any expectations, then we could we could make them the object of our ministry instead of treating them like the enemy of our ministry. Mm-hmm. But something you said just rattled my soul there for a moment. You said we have less pa- and I hear this all the time. We have less patience with believers. These are the people we should have the most patience for. I know, Pastor Ron. I heard you teaching it, but <laughs> you know, I try. I'm trying really hard. But yeah, I have I have. I lack patience with myself because I'm a Christian, and it's like Paula, you need to just get over yourself, girl. You need to, you know what the right thing to do and the right thing to say is. Let's do that. And so I'm learning, Pastor Ron, <laughs> to be more tolerant and patient and compassionate. But yeah, but I, the, the, you asked me, and I just wanted to be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. But see, that's in love. We 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 have the power available from heaven. To correct people. Now, here's something else that I think we have to we have a difficult time with. Uh, when we see the Christian who's cursing, uh, when we see um, um, husbands and wives arguing, and we know they're believers, we have to say something. Mm-hmm. And it's not a "What do you think you are? You call yourself a Christian?" thing. It's it's oh come on, you're my brother, you're my sister. We 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 don't talk like that because we're Christians. But I'm angry. Well, I know, but we're not to sin in our anger. Mm-hmm. So how can I help you? How can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. We have an obligation as believers to take care of our family members. You know, the, the mother who called or wrote about her 18-year-old daughter, she did so because uh, she loved her. Um, so um, that's something that's really important for us mm-hmm. to understand. Um be patient, be kind, but but be direct as well. Mm-hmm. Direct in love. I agree. I'm going to try to do much better, Pastor Ron. <laughs> I'm going to go in that mirror, and I'm going to say, look, Paula, you got to straighten up, girl. I'm going to be patient with you. I'm going to give you a little, another try. But I'm going to be patient with you. I'm talking silly now, but yeah, yeah, we, we do. And, and, you know, the Lord, don't judge another man's servant. The Lord, if they're really believers... Some people are going through stuff that we don't know about. And um, so I'm being serious now. So be patient. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know what's going on inside of their mind, their body. I don't know what's going on. Just like for, for us now, you know, I don't really understand what's going on inside of you. And so, you know, I'm looking at you. Are you all right? Well, of course you're not all right. You're, you're going through some stuff. And yet... Um, I know you love Jesus, and, and you're working really hard at at giving the Lord glory through this and stuff, but it's still hard. So I don't know. This this thing that we're going through right now makes me stop and think, what are other people going through that I don't know anything about, you know? And so, um, yeah, you live and you learn and you grow. And um well, one one thing you used to do that drove me crazy, Paula, but it's just one, one thing. All right. Well, I mean, one of the, one of the things that you used to do that drove me crazy. But it turns yeah. out it's one of the best things about you is if somebody would cut us off or if somebody wasn't paying attention uh, or or just anything, mm-hmm. and I'd say, what are they thinking? Because I I like to think. People need to think and mm-hmm. plan what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And and you would always say, oh, Pastor Ron, maybe they're just having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just got bad news. And I said, Paula, let's be serious. Let's be real about that. But, but everybody's got something going on yeah. all the time. And most of the time we deal with the things that we're, we've got going on in our lives because we're used to dealing with them. But sometimes things come up that you've never dealt with before. And I got to tell you, I am, I am not an expert in dealing with health issues personally. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been telling for 22 years other people what to do mm-hmm. in the middle of their trials. Mm-hmm. So now I guess I find out if I really believe all that I've been teaching all these yep. years. Yep. And the truth is that all of us are going to be tested. It is required that every man or woman given a trust by God must prove faithful. Mm-hmm. That's 1 Corinthians 4.2. Yep. And 
uh, we're not immune from those things. I actually had somebody who who emailed me and said, um, um, uh, Pastor, why would God do this? You're serving God. Why would he let this happen to you? Well, why not to me? Yeah. Jesus was the best servant ever. And and the father said, you got to die, Jesus, because I want to save the rest of the people. The people are the point. We who are believers ought to be better prepared to deal with tragedies. It doesn't mean we like them. No, and I don't know if I'm handling it all that well, um, but I, I, I keep hearing the Lord's voice say, you can trust me. And so it makes me stop and, you know, okay, Lord, you didn't cause this, but you've allowed this. And so how do we go through this? Yeah, and I think, I think personally, Paul, it's a little vain <laughs> Um, and self-centered um, to uh, to expect that God should intervene mm-hmm. for me. Now I'm hopeful, but but to expect that God should intervene for me mm-hmm. when He doesn't intervene for somebody else who died. We we've had two funerals in the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, God mm-hmm. didn't miraculously heal them. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't expect a miracle. The miracle occurred in my life 26 years ago. Yeah. And um, what I want to do is with whatever strength I have, sometimes it's not as much as I want. <laughs> um, but again, I'm just new at this. It's just a month. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I, I, I hope, pray the prognosis is good. Um, but, um, you know, I want to be doing what I'm supposed to do uh, with whatever strength he's given me. Yeah. I was talking with uh, Elvira... Um, just a little bit ago before I came over here and um, the miracle one of the big miracles is yes we're saved but that we get to hear from Jesus every day that he would want to talk to us and he would listen to us you know what is what is man that you're mindful of him Lord we get to talk to Jesus every day so no matter what every day he's right there to hear from us and that we could hear from him. That's the miracle. To hear him talk to us. For me, every day he's been saying, Paula, you can trust me. And, uh, you know, my my flesh goes, okay, so what's that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, actually. You can trust me. uh, He's been preparing you for this for a year because he's been telling you that very consistently for the last year. Paula, you can trust me, you can trust me, you can trust me. Um, uh, He knew things yeah. are going to happen or not going to happen. Yeah. And when when he speaks these things to us, we don't we don't get details, but we we need to know that if he tells you that you can trust him, that trust is probably going to be tested. Mm-hmm. And we're in one of those cases that nobody likes um at the same time um God is just as faithful as he always was. Yeah. Uh, Paula, we got four minutes. Um, okay. uh, Cindy Gomez, uh, we have a memorial service for Cindy mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning here at the sanctuary. Um, you know, Cindy wanted all of this to, to honor the Lord, um, uh, but mostly she wanted th- this for her family, her unsafe family to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, God bless her. She said, Pastor Ron, if you wear a suit, I'll haunt you. <laughs> So she said, wear one of your colorful shirts. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh huh. Bright clothes, neon colors yeah. were her favorite. Yeah. And yeah. Um, um, no black. You know, it's just one of those things that that um, you know she lost her battle with cancer, uh, but but we watched Cindy change remarkably five years ago when God sent her to us. She didn't know. Obviously, we had no way of knowing what lay ahead in her future, mm-hmm. but we took this messy life. And we watched God's hand bring her closer and closer and closer, and she died heroically. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was cute, cute in a funny way, but <clears throat> God says he puts the lonely in families. Well, I think in her biological family, not too many are Christians yet, but she loved being here in this body. This was her family, and, you know, so many of the people here just they were friends sisters up close personal who just were with her all the time staying the night in the hospital with her you know just 
making sure she was cared for, making sure that her family would have times to go home and, and rest and know that their daughter would be cared for. And, and Paul, whether it was retreats or church, she just wanted to be around God's people. Yes. And she was always here. I remember one time I didn't see her for a couple of weeks, and um, um, I, I had somebody contact her for me, and I said, uh, where you been? And so she emailed me, and she said, she said, well, I knew you would be missing me, but I just didn't have any gas money, so I, I went, I'm not able to get there. Oh, yeah. And I, I, prom- I made a promise. I said, don't you ever miss church for gas money. Mm-hmm. You let me know. Yeah. And um, she hesitatingly did, but probably ten times over the last year and a half of her life, mm-hmm. she would email me or call and say, well, I, I need some gas money. I hate to. I said, nope. Yep. Don't even think about it. Yeah. We want you here. Yeah. And we got the best end of that deal by far because she was an inspiration to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when she had the finances, she helped other people yeah. who needed gas money or a ride or take them out to lunch. So just the, the, the body just works so magnificently. And I just want to thank all the people who, who really were by Cindy's side and helped the, her family as well. <laughs> she wanted hot dogs and hamburgers uh, after after the memorial service. That's my kind of girl. <laughs> I want one of each. Yeah, yeah thank you, Cindy. So, yeah. God bless her. Yeah. So at 11 o'clock Saturday we'll be having um, her memorial service here at Calvary Chapel. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow night we've got uh, Colossians chapter 3. Um, putting on, taking off the old junk and putting on the new stuff. Yes. Um, great, great Bible studies in Romans. We're finishing finally mm-hmm. chapter 4 this coming Sunday. Paula, you've got 20 seconds. Anything you want to say? Yes. Thank you, Jesus, for um, making Pastor Ron well enough today to do this show. And I, I just pray for all of you out there in San Antonio that God would bless you with his smile today. May God bless you, Lord willing. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock. See you then. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.